Shoecast. This right here is the show that they call the Stitch Down Shoecast. I'm Ben from Stitchdown.com, along as always with the one and only Ticho Blanco to talk quality footwear, how it's made, and all the things that we love about it. Ticho, today we're here specifically to talk value, what it really means, how to maximize it while building a footwear collection. So what kind of value are you wearing today? Hey Ben, how's it going, man? I'm doing great. Thanks for asking. Today, wearing a great value pair, my Flame Panda Flame Poondockers in natural chrome XL rough out. <laughs> Is that what we're calling them? How did I miss that? Yeah, I've been calling them the Flame Poondockers this whole time. <laughs> I'm glad. These things are awesome. And I think they're going to be a great value because they might actually be indestructible and last completely through whatever, you know, future nuclear holocaust or asteroid crashing into Earth, ending all of humanity. like Or just good old fashioned civil unrest that, you know, dissolves the fabric of, uh, of our nation. Yeah. In the case of that, these are the boots that I'm going to be wearing. Uh, these things are so solid. Yeah, I can just use them to deflect bullets if I'm able to, like, you know, acquire some, like, matrix esque skills of of like whatever that's called i don't know what that's called that he did in the matrix where he could like stop the bullets and stuff what was he doing i don't i don't i don't really know i think he was just thinking really hard oh i can't do that so uh all right forget forget that what about you man you got uh got anything of value on your on your feet today yeah my value today i think is tied up in some of the same reasons that your value is which is only one reason for value but longevity and really just how much I've gotten out of them. So I'm wearing my brown Chrome XL Alden Roy plain toe true balance last boots from context clothing. These were my second pair of Aldens. I knew I was in for it when I was like, I already have a pair of brown Chrome XL indie boots. Why am I getting these? Can I find the value in these boots? And I've been thinking about it for a very, very long time found myself on a work trip stuck in a hotel in LA for like two extra days because of something crazy with planes. And I was just sitting there. Like I went out, met up with some friends, drank a bunch of beers, came back and ordered them to make myself feel better about being in a situation where I also had to go to like the mall across the street and buy some underwear because I didn't have enough clothes on this crazy work trip. Since then, they become probably my most worn pair of boots. I don't wear them as much these days, but I wear these every other day for probably three or four years. One resole in, so there's some value there. You add some costs, but you keep them going. Yeah, like I've, I've worked nothing harder. I, I take them on every trip I go on, vacations, whatever. I, I consider that value. I think you're right about that, man. Yeah, when you have something that you get a lot of use out of, that you reach for all the time, and you feel like you got them for a fair price, then that's some incredible value. These boots make me particularly proud of my ability to make value purchases while inebriated, which not everybody's really capable of and something that I probably need to get back to. I think that's a real underrated skill that people don't don't think about is yeah, what what purchases you make when you're just not in your right mind. And if you can if you can nail those purchases, you're just a really top-tier consumer. Oh yeah, the rest is gravy after that. Before we get into further value talk, we wanted to give a very warm hug of a shout out to our sponsor once again this week, Standard & Strange. Check them out. It's also time for your weekly Stitch Down Premium plug, and this week, I have a couple completely unsolicited testimonials from the SDP Discord, the most helpful, open, and just darn fun shoe chat on the internet. 
Quote, I wish I'd joined this chat before I made some of my purchases, because I'd rather have spent money on a great pair. Live and learn. End quote. And another. Quote, this Discord is the best thing I've discovered in recent memory. Well, I guess I didn't discover it because someone recommended it to me. But you catch my drift. End quote. Yes, we do. So get in there. Grab the Grandstone, Parkhurst, and Cigar 10% discounts. Someone just won a pair of Shell Cordovan Meerman boots. It's a good place. And it costs like 14 cents a day. We'd love to see you. Okay, Ticho. Value. What is value when it comes to footwear? I feel like there's a lot of ways to look at it. How do you? So I feel like value is very context dependent and it's very personal, right? You know, some people can look at a pair of shoes and say, you know, it's $450 for a pair of dress shoes. That's that's a terrible value. You know, I could go to DSW and get a pair for $50. But like maybe that person who's at DSW is going to wear those things once or twice every, you know, four or five years. Whereas I, I'm a lawyer and I'm, I'm going to wear my $450 Carminas like three times a week for the next 15 years. And that's an incredible value. It's so dependent on, on that. It's so dependent on your relationship with footwear, right? So if you're somebody who just sees it as, I have to put something on my feet, I have to walk around, I want them to last a long time, you're going to have a different sense of value than someone who is, you know, looking to enjoy some, like, some details, who's looking for you know, very particularly shaped lasts or want something that is particular shade or particular leather or someone who is just just loves boots and just, you know, really sees sees that as a goal in and of itself just to own a lot of cool boots. So I feel like if you're looking at whether whether or not something is a value, you just really need to evaluate your perspective on the footwear and how it's going to relate to your enjoyment of it how it's going to relate to how often you're going to wear them, your financial status. You know, if you're if you're like a rich guy and you have no excuse. Yeah. Like you, you for not doing this. Come on. Yeah. Like if you're just really rich and you're like, well, I'm going to really enjoy, you know, owning a lot of bespoke shoes or I'm really going to enjoy the process of getting bespoke shoes. And I just don't mind dropping like, you know, five or ten grand on a, on a pair. That's different than, you know, somebody who's a new college graduate who's like, I've got my first job and I need to just look presentable. And, you know, I also kind of want to enjoy myself a little bit. And, you know, I can identify with that second example a lot more. But, you know, I think as we get get into this, we'll try to examine some of those perspectives and talk about where you can find value at different price points, at different places in your life. Value, value to me is very personal. So it's something that can't be really measured. Except you can maybe measure value in hindsight and say, well, looking back, that wasn't a great value, you know, but we'll try to talk about ways that you can think through it at the point of purchase. And, you know, hopefully five years from now, you'll look back at your shoe collection and be like, yeah, these are all great values. And I am really glad I bought all these shoes. At risk of contradicting you, we are going to attempt to define value in various forms as much as we possibly can because... That's what we're supposed to do on this podcast. But yes, sometimes it is a little vague. So to do that, we've mapped out a bunch of very functional value principles that one could look at and say, yes, these are ways that I can extract value from a pair of shoes, from my collection, etc. So let's talk some principles. I think just the table set here, everything that we're going to talk about here, one should consider to be resolable, fully recraftable. As you build these collections, 
in some ways, this becomes less important because you have so many shoes. But as a baseline, I think that it is difficult to extract full value if it's basically a pair of cemented shoes, which also probably means that they're not very good. So kind of two things there. There also is kind of a sub bullet to this one, which is the old like $150, $200 boot that's resolable, which is kind of a bit of marketing trickery in some ways. Like unless you're getting your boots resold for like 75 bucks, which is possible. But when you're paying almost the price of a new pair of boots to get those ones back on the road, I don't I think that there's less value there personally. Just a little side note. I, I think I agree with that. And, you know, you can you can kind of look at it as having some value up front and then maybe the value of them kind of decreases a little bit over time. You wear through it and then you're like, are you going to evaluate that resole separately? Are you going to kind of take that into account up front? Again, that's going to depend on you and how you're, how you're looking at the purchase. For me, I would be looking at that and saying, yeah, I'm just going to spend an extra 50 bucks and get a new pair. And then you lose all that value of, of having resolable shoes, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little loophole there. One of the things that I think we both get asked all the time is, I'm looking for a new pair of shoes or boots. How can I get the most bang for my buck? How, how, how do we look at that in terms of overall, long-term, real, lasting value? Yeah, I think there is certainly a sweet spot in the market where you can look at what companies are doing and say, yeah, I'm getting a better quality product for a lower price than a lot of other brands, you know? And I think there's different reasons for that. It's maybe being, you know, manufactured somewhere where labor is a little bit cheaper, um, which, you know, people can can debate the ethics of that. For me, it's as long as I know that they're, you know, being treated fairly in their, their own country, whether or not you agree with that is is up to you when you're making that purchase. Yeah, I think that's true, especially of companies that are, you know, some are more transparent than others. But the idea that they say, look, we want to figure out how to make something in this price point that delivers value. And hopefully they're doing everything they can with whichever of these partner factories to ensure that it continues to kind of hit those marks. There is this whole big question, especially in the US and in the UK, about what does that mean for jobs, etc. But like in our last episode, we were talking with Mark Barbera of Mark Albert Boots you know, just this idea that, you know, there's not lines out the door for people wanting these jobs, which complicates things even further. So it's not like such a simple question, but people who are well-trained with the right equipment and the right materials can make good things anywhere is something that I certainly believe in. Yeah. But like that whole bang for the buck tier, you know, I, I think that kind of spreads up and down too. like around that 200 mark, Miriam makes some really good shoes for 200 bucks and Grant Stone makes some of the the more solidly built shoes that you can get for often under 300 bucks. That's a real thing, but that's not the end all be all of value. Agree. Agreed. You know, there's, there's so many more components that go into, yeah, there, you know, and there's a lot of different ways to, to get value. You know, you can try to get things below retail value, especially, you know, this time of year we're recording this, you know, around black Friday places are, are running sales. There's, you know, all sorts of, of ways to bring the price down and kind of change the value proposition of a purchase. 100%. This one's a little philosophical, tough to pin down, but is definitely true. Basically, the idea that if you don't enjoy your shoes at whatever price that you get them at, that value is lessened significantly. 
Like, what's the point? Yeah, what's yeah, what's the point of buying something that you don't like, that you don't enjoy wearing, that doesn't... But it was a screaming deal. Ah, oh, man, I, I've made that mistake way too many times. Especially, like, you'll see something on eBay. I had to retire from eBay because you just, you end up trying to make something work that's just not because of the price that i think that's like the number one poor value choice that you can make is to buy something because you're like well look at the price what a value it is so maybe it's the wrong size you're like well i'll just i'll try going up a width it'll probably be fine and they're just they don't fit you you're never gonna wear them you're not and when you do wear them you don't enjoy it so what was the point i made that mistake once with these gaziano and girling glencoes which one of the most beautiful boots i've ever seen and ever owned they're just absolutely gorgeous i got to know the former manager of skalakta balagat in stockholm after he stopped working there he would just kind of hit me up with like hey i'm trying to sell like a bunch of my stuff that i you know picked up i'm assuming at a discount while he worked there and he was like yeah i've got these glencos but they're like f width which is like wide width and i was like oh man but he he only wanted like i think like 500 bucks you know i was like oh man like these are fourteen hundred dollar boots i'm gonna get them for 500 bucks i'm sure the width thing will be fine like I'll, I'll make that work you know and it just it never worked i got a deal but i didn't get a good value out of them there's a big difference there also can we back up for a second that was the finest pronunciation that has ever occurred on this podcast can you say that again absolutely not i think you nailed it i absolutely did and that's why i'm not gonna repeat it ever again oh. i don't think i'll ever attempt to say the name of that store again i'm gonna edit you in saying it just so everybody knows. <laughs> okay, here it comes. Skalakta Balagat. Oh, Nailed it again. Tijo, that was beautiful. Nailed it again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, is, this is a new era here. But yeah, sizing, I think, is, is really one of the most important parts in this, this whole equation. And especially, you know, if it doesn't fit, it doesn't matter what you paid for it or what it, you know, or what it should have cost and, and the difference between that and what you paid for it. Shoes that don't fit have basically zero value unless they're incredibly cool and you're running an Instagram account and you're taking pictures of them, um, which people do. And I guess that's fine. I feel personally attacked by that, but. <laughs> Good. That was the intent. Great. Um, but yeah, for me, like Alden Indies, they fit perfectly i wear them constantly i'll wear them if i'm walking like 10 miles in a day there's value viber 2030 i can't get to fit me i'm in between sizes it just doesn't work for whatever reason and like i still have a pair right now that i'm trying to talk myself into but it's difficult because i never really wear them so i can't even talk myself into them because they don't really fit but viber 1035 fits my foot perfectly and i love it there's the value sizing. We've talked about this on some previous episodes, the idea of getting stuff on the cheap, on eBay, grailed, whatever, from friends in the Stitch Down Premium Shoes for Sale channel at a really good deal just to kind of figure out sizing. Doesn't need to be a perfect shoe, kind of sets the table for the future, whether you are going to get something in that maker and last or whether you're not. I think that's kind of the one little loophole in this one. But otherwise, like if you're looking for like real long-term value out of that specific pair, just do everything you can to figure out how to size yourself properly. Information that's also readily available in the Stitch Down Premium Discord sizing questions channel. You're really killing it with the plugs today, man. Wow, look at you. 
What's everybody waiting for? Come on. But, dude, I absolutely agree. I mean, the sizing thing is so critical. You know, if you have something that doesn't fit, you don't want to wear it. It just decreases your enjoyment of that pair of shoes or boots significantly to the point where, yeah, the value is just absolutely deteriorates to, to zero. I'll, I'll also toss in that when you, yeah, maybe pick up something on a flyer just to give it a give it a look, figure out your size. If it's something that, you, you know, you can't, there's a, maybe a pandemic going on, you can't go down to the shoe store and, you know, try something on or you live in the middle of nowhere and there's no stores that stock it or it's something that just isn't available to be tried on, like Clinch or something like that, where it's, you know, very few places you could go try it on. A lot of times you'll buy things that retain value, right? So like I talked about those Gaziano and Girling Glencoes, I was able to trade those for a pair of Carmina suede boots. Oh, I love those. That do fit me. And that... I thought they were a little off and that you're going to give them to me at some point. You know, it's I, I'm sized for, for like thicker wool socks in them. So I expect to be wearing them a ton this winter. Uh, if that doesn't turn out to happen, yeah, maybe I'll trade them to you extract a little value out of you like i uh, usually do when we trade i'd be fine with that because i see the value in those just sitting there waiting for me yeah i feel like i i'm kind of like the sam presti of shoe trades whereas you're more of a i can't even say the guy in the suns anymore because he actually has been good not the knicks (laughs) leon rose got three picks and two actual basketball players for having ed davis on the team for one day the knicks are really good now i'm sure of it i'm not so sure about that I'm not so sure about that. But yeah, I, I will absolutely Sam Presti you uh, on a trade, dude. We'll do that. If you acquire things that have and are going to hold value, it does change your calculus a little bit where you might buy a pair of Alden shell and you're like, I don't know if this is the right size, but like, I, I'm just going to go for it. And then you get it. It's not the right size. Like, yeah, like you could probably get most of what you paid back for it. You know, there's a lot of ways to to buy things, try them out, give it a go, and know that you're not really in for the whole amount of money because you can just always sell it pretty easily. And that does take a little bit of nuance to know what that is going to look like because there's a lot of things that seem like they might retain their value and be like an easy sell or easy flip that actually aren't. So that requires a little bit of knowledge of that resale market and just knowing knowing what you have hopefully having like a common size or something like that it gets a little tricky on the small end and the big end of that but that's certainly a consideration that people should should think about when they're kind of evaluating the value of a purchase yeah i think resale value is not in its totality the value of your shoes like hopefully the idea is to wear them but certainly a part of it should be considered as i just alluded to one of the biggest questions in value is How much are you wearing them? If you're wearing them every time you're extracting more value out of these shoes, you know, it's pretty obvious that if you never wear something, it doesn't have a lot of value, bit of an anti-value play there. But I think a lot of this goes to the purpose of what the shoe is. What are you using it for and making smart decisions around that? Like you don't need a $700 pair of black Oxfords if you wear them three times a year. But if you're wearing them, you know, to, to lawyer places three times a week, you're getting value. But if you plan to wear them three times a year for 20 years, and that's actually your plan, and you think you're going to do that, then maybe there is value. Like, I don't wear my Color 8 long wings all that often, especially recently. But those are the shoes that I'm going to wear when I put on a suit pretty much indefinitely. 
because I'm not going out and buying a lot of those other shoes, partially because I already have these, and two, because, you know, they I just don't see them getting worn all that much. Like, I would, I would go back and get those every time. Well, and I, I think it also depends on how much are you going to enjoy wearing them three times a year. You know, if you like to go to a wedding and just, like, feel like a total boss wearing, like, a really nice pair of shoes... And if you're wearing something that is like not quite as nice and you know that it's just going to bug you that you're like, I got to grab these lower end dress shoes that are just not matching up to my expectations and my, you know, my taste and my style. Like maybe, I, you know, I've got this like really nice, like made to measure suit and I'm like, oh, I'm going to pair it with these lower end like DSW Oxfords or something. You know, you're just going to be bummed out. Life is about enjoying yourself. You know, if you... If you can afford to have like a dope pair of Oxfords in your closet and that you can bust out for weddings and just you'll feel like a boss, like you're dancing. You're like, yeah, this is great. Do it. You know, don't don't skimp on that. It's a good value if it brings you happiness and brings you brings you enjoyment out of out of owning it. I like that we've gotten there as kind of a a people like life used to be about hunting and gathering and then it was about subsistence farming. And now it's about enjoying your shoes. This is. For everything that's happening right now, not a terrible time to be alive. 100% agreed. Sorry, I have Skittles in my mouth. <laughs> that's fine. Mm. That's absolutely fine. Um, Dude, what? how do you feel about the replacement of the lime Skittle with the green apple Skittle? I would never eat either. Are you serious? Complete skip for me. You're not a Skittles guy? No, I, I like red Skittles. I love orange Skittles. I, I don't eat, like, in terms of candy overall... I'm like red, blue, orange, that's kind of it. And I think of them as colors as opposed to flavors because none of these are real flavors. Absolutely. Yellow, out. Mm. Worst candy in the world, banana runs. Absolutely terrible. Shouldn't exist. Yeah, those banana runs are horrible. I hate those. I never eat those. I just don't do it. If it's like a, you know, a mixed bag, quite literally, I don't touch them. I'll, like, I'll, I'll give them to my daughter. She'll eat anything. So you're telling me that you you grab a bag of Skittles, you only eat the red the purple and the orange with a small Halloween type bag of Skittles. I might just go by handfuls and, and hope that the terrible ones get outweighed by the good ones. But like, if we're talking about a sleeve of Starburst, no, I just, I just don't eat them. Pink Starburst, by the way, one of the top candies of all time. hundred percent agreed. Yeah. If I'm getting that regular Starburst thing, it's obviously pink, red, orange, yellow is the order. And I know people, people will flip up the pink and the red, I don't have a problem with either one as your number one, but like if you try to tell me that the orange Starburst is your favorite, just unfollow me on Instagram and just never talk to me again. But orange is totally legit and completely edible. Not my favorite, but... It can't, it's, it's nobody's favorite, though. It can't be. I don't know. Over the pink? But cer- certainly not. Certainly not. But I don't know. I think the gap between the top three Starbursts is actually not that big. And I think that yellow Starburst has zero value. Couldn't agree more. I just leave them sitting around. Oh, I just throw them away. Yeah. I, I don't care. Yeah. Not worth it. Perfect place to take that break. We'll be right back. Oh, Ticho, it's time for more Gen Facts. That ever mendacious deceiver Jen from the otherwise very honest and upstanding Standard and Strange has faxed us three more footwear-related facts. Two are false. One is true. You have to guess along with us, and we'll reveal the true fact later in the episode. Gen fact number one. Earlier this year, 
Brett Viberg and his brother got into a heated discussion about the future of Viberg's shoe offerings. Brett wanted to retire the 145 Oxford shoe and replace it with the Balmoral shoe. His brother disagreed as the 145 is a very popular model. I agree, bro. Brett challenged his brother to a race for pink slips drag race and the winner would get to decide. Brett wore a pair of Balmoral shoes and his brother wore 145 Oxfords. Brett won the race and the 145 Oxford was retired. Good race, I'm sure. Dark day. Gen fact number two. While the true origin of the Chucka Boots name is lost to history, it may come from the Game of Kings, Outdoor Polo, where a Chucka is a length of playing time. Is there a difference between outdoor polo and indoor polo? One of them is played outdoors. Gen fact number three. Tassel loafers were popular amongst Ivy League students in the 1950s. Many students in the athletic programs would change the color of the tassel to signify their sport. A burgundy tassel was for rowers. Tan was for field hockey. And navy, of course, was for sailors. What's the true gen fact? We have no idea, but I really want it to be the Brett Viberg foot race one. Stay tuned and back to the value cast. All right, Ticho. I think peeling off of this very clean segue into things that we enjoy and things that we don't enjoy whatsoever, I have these Heinrich Dinkelacher dark cognac shell Buddha brogues. They are crazy, wonderful, absolutely beautiful shoes. I don't wear them that often. I try to find excuses to wear them like whenever I can. Like you got you kind of got to go be like seeing somebody. Like you can't just walk around by yourself in these. Oh, they're actually like great for walking and extremely comfortable. But man, every time I wear these things, I love them. There is a level of value to that. Like it's far more intangible than a lot of these other still intangible but less intangible things that we're talking about. I get something out of them in a way that I don't think I get out of any other pair of shoes every time I wear them like once a month. Yeah, I feel you on that, you know, and sometimes your feelings towards your shoes can be like a little irrational where you're like, this doesn't really fit with my lifestyle. This isn't a thing I'm going to reach for every single day, but like I still want to own it because it just kind of makes me happy to know that it's in my closet and I can pull it out and like touch it and look at it and you know, put them on and go for a little stroll once in a while, even though there's no real reason to. I don't know if that still counts as providing overall a good value, but it provides some value to you as like a person who is a little bit more of a hobbyist than just a a person who owns shoes as more of a utilitarian kind of purchase, right? Yeah. And look, this whole, once you kind of transition into this being a hobby, I think you start to look at it a little differently or a collection. Like most people who collect stuff, they don't ever really do anything with it except maybe look at it every once in a while. Right. Nobody's reading like the action comics where Superman shows up. They're probably looking to resell it. So it's like a little bit different there because it's kind of like a piece of art in a way. Like at least we're extracting value out of even occasionally wearing these things and like putting them to work. I absolutely agree that shoes kind of became my hobby because I realized as a young professional and a young dad, like I don't have a lot of time to like go play golf. I don't have a lot of time to paint miniature figures or really do anything that takes a lot of time. Like I have to have a hobby that I can do all the time while I'm just doing other stuff. And 
if wearing shoes is your hobby, you're doing your hobby like every day at some point, you know? That to me is, it's a good value hobby, right? Because you can, for the amount of time that you kind of have to dedicate to it, you get a lot of time to enjoy it, which is what I like. So yeah, shoe collection, good value hobby, sort of. Yeah, but it is a good value hobby. And when you look at it in that framework, it's actually not that expensive. Of course, you can completely let it get away from you. But like you think of the other things that people do as hobbies, like like a really good bike can cost like twenty thousand dollars. I don't know guitars. There's people at like by my parents' house. There's these two bald eagles that started like living nearby, and there's this little pond, and they like hang out by the pond all day long. And there's all these people with these gigantic $15,000 lenses that their hobby is going and taking pictures of these bald eagles, parking all over the place so you can't really drive, and then, like, maybe remembering to print them out? Fifteen grand worth of shoes. I don't know. I'll take it. I can still see the eagles. I can just Google a picture of a bald eagle, and I do all the time because my kids love birds. So, like, I kind of get the bird-watching thing because birds are really cool, man. Like... I saw, I went to Chick-fil-A for lunch before we did this, uh, spotted a peregrine falcon. Whoa. And it was pretty cool. Those things are no joke. I love doing some birding. My wife grew up in a birding family. Like, I, I can identify a lot more birds. But, like, sitting on my parents' deck, watching the eagles, like, circle, fly, and circle, and then circle some more, and eventually, like, circle out of sight, while wearing an incredible pair of shoes, I'm taking that every time. Yeah, here's what's great about nice boots right so you can actually do like two hobbies at once right because you could pop on your your flame pandas hike out into the woods with your camera take some pictures of some birds take some pictures of your boots that's some great value hobbying right there maybe bring a sandwich with you i also have sandwiches as a little bit of a hobby so big time sandwich hobbyist over here yeah combine all three it's great you could bring your kids along for all that awesome as, as you know i moved recently i found this deli it's like maybe 20 minutes away. Maybe it's like, you know, you talk yourself into it being 15, but it's actually 18. Yeah. There's like 300 delis between my house and that one. And that's where I go and get sandwiches now. That's your afternoon. My God. What's your move there? What's the, what's the, what's the order? Sandwich I've been eating my entire life. Chicken cutlet, melted American cheese, bacon, Russian dressing on a hero. These chicken cutlets are out of control. They're so crispy. They must make them like every 15 minutes. Dude, that that sounds incredible. I'll I'll give a plug for uh for one of my favorite delis, the Milburn Deli in Milburn, New Jersey. They've got a sandwich that is incredibly similar to what you're describing. We should go there sometime. I think you'll really love it. It's a great deli. What I like to get, so I'll do the Thanksgiving sandwich all year round. That's one of my favorite sandwiches where you take, you know, the leftovers from Thanksgiving and you do like the cranberry sauce, the stuffing and the turkey, sprinkle some coarse salt on the turkey is my is my suggestion. That really Kind of makes it pop off a little bit more. Throw it on like a nice roll, a little bit of mayonnaise, maybe lettuce, maybe not. That's up to you. That's incredible. Milburn Deli has one uh, that is just out of this world. It's so good, man. Shout out Rocky's Millwood Deli on my end. Everybody go there. Rocky's can never close. Wherever you are, it's worth the drive. And look, since I moved up here, I'd been looking for that perfect sandwich. And it took like six weeks. And I was very rewarded. Back to shoes. If there's a shoe that you've been looking for forever and you can't find it and you can't find it and maybe it costs a little money, but all of a sudden 
somebody made that shoe and it exists and it fits you and it's made well and it's the right color and all those things that to me has huge value yeah i think if there is something that you you know that it's gonna hit home where you're like i know this is just gonna be a smash i've been thinking about it for so long i've thought through all the details even if you need to pay a little bit extra to do it made to order you're gonna get the value out of being able to get exactly what you want, especially if you're a very particular person, like uh, so many of us are, you need it to be a certain way, pay the extra money and, and, and get it. You generally are going to appreciate that you did because of how much enjoyment and how much extra wear you're going to get out of it over the life of the boots, especially if you're more of a hobbyist and you have a ton of boots, right? It's like, why am I going to skimp on my 15th pair you know like just sell one of the other ones that you don't like to cover the cost or something like that you know there, there's a lot of like moving parts that you can do to kind of keep value on your on your collection cap sheet to kind of go back to that nba basketball analogy where i very much feel like i'm the general manager of my shoe collection and i'm always looking to sign somebody good for the mid-level exception but sometimes you just got to pay up and get uh you know like a gordon hayward for four years 120 you know Oh, so you're like the owner GM. Doesn't usually work out very well. I mean, I feel like it works out well, if, you know, if you're like a, a Vivek Ranadive or like a Michael Jordan. Jordan? <laughs> no, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Love Michael, but come on. He's probably listening. There were some very interesting shoes in the last dance. More interesting suits. There's one more really crucial point here. Are these truly forever shoes for you? Are you actually going to keep these things forever? We manage to tell ourselves that about pretty much everything that we buy, and then you don't, or you don't wear them, or you know, you sell them, you give them to somebody. Like wh whatever happens, they don't all end up being forever shoes. Like nobody's that good at kind of seeing into their own particular future. If they are, and if you get that extreme value, like what are you not going to graduate out of? You know, when I got into this. Like I, I picked up a couple pair of Red Wings. I still have one pair. There are plenty of people who know their boots, have excellent style. They wear Red Wings forever. Great value. If you feel like you're somebody who's going to end up moving on just because of how you're wired, you know, like maybe take it easy on something that you think you're going to move past. But it's tough. It's it's tough to see sometimes. Yeah, I agree. And I've sorry, I've skittles in my mouth again. <laughs> A grape this time. Good. What I like to do, I like to grab like three of the same color, pop them in my mouth. Even the yellow. I'll eat the yellow ones too, even though they're not that good. I don't really care. You can cut this back into the other part where we talked about Skittles for way too long, which I, which I assume is staying in the podcast. That's staying. Yeah, I absolutely agree. You know, I I certainly wasn't able to to see into my future and see what my what my needs were going to be, what was going to resonate with me, what my tastes were going to de you know develop into. But there's certain pairs that you, you will nail it, and there's certain pairs that you move on from. I mean, my my keep rate on shoes that I've purchased is probably like 10%. You might have to go through a lot of different pairs to find the ones that are home runs. Y you might not. You know, you could just be someone who knows your taste, who's really in tune with that, who is very deliberate and figures out your, your fit very well and doesn't, you know, make any mistakes with that and, you know, maybe make some really good made-to-order decisions. That wasn't me. That wasn't my story. No matter what, you just, you know, just get some shoes that you enjoy. That's what it's all about. I think we nailed it. That's how you get the value is by listening to shoe podcasts and then acting 
on what they tell you. Everybody knows that. Great work. Keep working your different angles. Find shoes that you love wearing. Get them at a price that you can live with. And just wear the heck out of them and enjoy them. That's what it's all about. That's what it's all about. Attempt to peer into the future whenever possible. But that one's a little tricky. But you'll know. If you're at this long enough, you will either intentionally or accidentally end up with some real keepers. And that's what it's all about. So just keep your eye on that particular shoe prize. But look, before we get out of here, you know what we got to do. Reveal the true gen fact. Dun, dun, dun. All right. To refresh, gen fact number one, Brett is faster than his brother. 145 Oxford is dead. Number two, Chuck is her for polo. Gen fact number three, Ivy League students love colored tassels on their tassel loafers to prove that they are unique individuals. All right. Well, I have received by Western Union a telegram with the answer from uh, from Jen. Actually, where where is it? That's pretty fitting for you know Jen's whole like look and thing. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that definitely was not just my bag of Skittles that I've been eating this whole time. All right. So I got to guess. So I've got I, I've got the uh, I've got the telegram here. What uh, what do you think, man? All right. Obviously, I love this Brett story. It's like another Seinfeld story. I feel like though. Oh, the big race probably my favorite episode actually that's a that's an excellent episode. it starts with uh duncan i i love that part of it i'm more of a marine biologist guy I, that monologue at the end is just perfection yeah the sea was pretty angry that day that brett didn't race his brother gonna rule that one out chucka's being for polo sure but i believe that the fact says that it's possible that that's where the name comes from which either makes it 100 percent true because it's a loophole or a complete red herring from Jen, because one of the others is more true, which is kind of what I'm leaning towards with the idea that Ivy League students were replacing their tassels, and I guess like the rest of the, the tassel-holding leather apparatus, on their tassel loafers, signifying, you know, they're all about kind of like structure and hierarchy, and, you know, here we are on the crew team, and check us out. They were probably all wearing tassel loafers, so they probably were trying to stand out to some extent. Seems like a lot of handiwork, but you know they're probably just outsourcing it because they're all really rich. I'm going with tassel loafers, colored tassel loafers. You fell into Jen's little little oh. trap here because he got you with like, is this like an SAT question where it's like it may like you really got to read those like little vague words, and you know as someone who you know scored very highly on the LSAT, like I can I can tell you. Gen fact number two, it has to be true because it, it, it just says, yeah, it may come, it may, it may come from the game of Kings. He got oh. you, man. He got you on that one. <laughs> man. You got, you got Jen on that one. I didn't recognize it. Jen was just leaving it sitting right there for me to discuss and then decide against. Um, Jen gets you to overthink these things. Really tricky. Yeah. That was a trick. That was tricky. <sighs> that was a tricky one. <laughs> All right. Well, despite the trickery, big thanks to Standard and Strange. Definitely for viciously lying to us. Also for having one of the best collections of boots anywhere in the world. Oh, and clothes, like this Real McCoy's Loop Wheel hoodie that I'm wearing right now that has ruined me to all other sweatshirts. Dude, we've talked about this. Uh, I actually have one of those Real McCoy's hoodies arriving at my house today. Oh boy, you're done for. That I, I, bought, I did buy it from Standard & Strange. I'm so stoked, man. I'm hearing all the hype about how this is going to ruin me for all other hoodies. I'm in. I'm ready for it. I mean, I haven't stopped wearing other sweatshirts like it's definitely not the case but uh, this one's the king they didn't even ask us to say that 
look, check out Standard and Strange. Give them all the follows. Check out Sishdown Premium. You owe it to yourself. That's it for this week. Take care of your shoes. We'll see you next time.